Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for your welcome. Good morning, everyone. Great to see you. What a great church. I wasn't talking about the building, I was talking about you. What a great church. Come on, your church should be the best, right? Uh, really good to be here today at Berwick Church of Christ. Thank you for your welcome. Uh, Bram and Sonia, really, really lovely to be here and be able to share with you this morning. Uh, I understand you're doing this series on being missional, and today's theme is families and marriage and relationships. So looking forward to contributing to that. Uh, you know, for those of us who follow Jesus, life really is about loving God and loving people. I don't know about you, but loving God's the easy part, loving people you know, can, can be a little difficult at times. Uh, I read a book years ago, and I love the title, Everyone's Normal Until You Get to Know Them. And it's a little bit like that. Have you discovered that? I don't know if you've ever been to a shopping center and there was a bit of a sale for some stuff at the front and they've just got a bunch of items and the sign says, as is. How many know if it says, as is, it means the items aren't perfect? probably something missing, something broken, something not quite working. How many know every person needs an as-is sign on them? Come on, don't look at me so spiritual this morning. And guess what? You need an as-is sign on you too. And none of us are quite normal. We've all got a few issues, things that we're working through, and just realizing that helps out a lot. Have you read about the families in Genesis lately? Anyone read Genesis? I mean, the first brothers, Cain and Abel, how'd that go? I mean, Cain killed his brother Abel in a fit of rage. Uh, Noah, most righteous man on earth at the time, got drunk. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, how'd they do with their families? Played favorites, causing all kinds of issues. A lot offered his virgin daughters to some men from Sodom, you know, busting down his door. Later on, those same daughters got their father drunk and impregnated by him. Reuben slept with his father's concubine. Look that up later. <laughs> Judah slept with his daughter-in-law who was disguised as a prostitute. Some of you are quite shocked right now. I'm just telling you what's in your Bible. <laughs> I mean, these people need a therapist. It kind of reads like a script from a soap opera, doesn't it? You know, the, the, these people weren't that normal and yet somehow God worked through them. Yes. Some of you are feeling better about your family already. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey. <laughs> Hey, we're, we're doing all right. We're doing okay. <laughs> so today, what I'd like to do is look at the life of Jesus. I think sometimes we think Jesus just came to die on the cross for our sins, and he did. But Jesus came to show us how to live. And so today, we want to look at the life of Jesus and observe how he related to people. And so we can apply those as we go out during the week in our marriages, if you're married, families, whatever configuration your world is, as well as in the workplace, at school, tomorrow morning, wherever we go, how can we live out the life of Jesus by looking at how he treated people? How does that sound? Good. Gonna do it anyway, but I thought I'd check with you. <laughs> the first skill we learn from Jesus, number one, is to accept people. To accept people as is, just as they are. Jesus had this amazing ability to simply accept people just the way they were. You know, I think if we're honest with each other, we probably all have a bit of a rating scale, one to 10. And uh, if you see someone this morning who, who you think is a 10, you'll probably treat them like a 10. It'll, it'll be like, hey, how you going? Good to see you. We tend to treat people based on the value we put on them. 
If you see someone else today who's a six, it'll be, hey, how's it going? You see someone who's a three, it's morning. You see someone who's a minus two, you'll go the other way. Come on. We all treat one another based on the value we put on them. Here's the point. Jesus put a 10 on everybody. Jesus put a 10 on everybody. There's a leper interrupting the meeting and the big disciples are saying, quiet, quiet. Jesus is saying, hey, let that leper come because Jesus puts a 10 on those on the margins. Jesus puts a 10 on everybody. The kids are running up, interrupting the meeting and the big disciples are saying, get those kids out of here. And Jesus rebukes them and says, let the children come. See, Jesus puts a 10 on children. Obviously, no children workers in this meeting or they would have said a bigger <laughs> amen there. They're all out there. Jesus put a 10 on everybody. What would it look like if we simply changed the value we put on people and then treated them based on that value? Uh, Paul picked this up later. Romans 15 verse 7 coming up on the screen now. Accept, everyone say, accept. Accept one another. Then as Christ accepted you in order to, do, to bring praise to God. How many know Jesus didn't wait for you to get it all together before he loved you? He accepts us just as we are. And, and Paul says, let's treat one another the same way. I was a pastor, I was hanging out in the foyer one Sunday and just meeting some new people and this uh, young guy came up and his opening line was, uh, I used to be a Muslim, but now I'm an atheist and I really enjoyed your talk this morning. <laughs> I said, great to meet you. Muslims and atheists are welcome at our church. Yeah, he was a bit shocked by my acceptance. Anyway, about six weeks later, I was in the foyer again, walking around, and I saw the same young man. He had a big smile on his face. I said, hey, how's it going? You're still here? He says, I'm a Christian now. I said, that's great. Christians are welcome in our church. <laughs> what would it look like just to accept people as they are? Jesus one day was walking into Jericho, and there was a man in the, in the town who was the most hated. Everyone remember his name? Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. In those days, tax collectors were traitors. They were Jewish people who were working for the Roman government, uh, extracting taxes from their own people and making a lot of money on the side. So, so, you know, Zacchaeus is the most hated man in town. Jesus comes into town. There's crowds everywhere. And guess what he does? Hey, Zacchaeus, let's do lunch today. You can hear everyone talking like, why not me? How can you be having lunch with Zacchaeus. And you know the story, Jesus having lunch at Zacchaeus' house, there's no organ playing, there's no altar call. In the middle of the lunch, Zacchaeus pops up and says, today I'm giving half of my goods to the poor and anyone I've ripped off, which we know that he ripped off people, I'm going to give four times as much back. And Jesus goes, today salvation has come to this house. Question, did Jesus have lunch with Zacchaeus when he got his life together? No, no, no. He accepted him just as he was. And that acceptance led to an amazing life change. See, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, their attitude was, when you get your life together, then you can come hang with us. Jesus accepted people as they were. And uh, it's, it's great news. I mean, we've, uh, many of us have experienced that here today, that God's love is not based on our performance. Uh, yesterday, our second grandchild arrived, little Ivor. Um, I heard someone say, grandchildren are God's gift to you for not killing your own children. <laughs> so 
So we have two grandchildren now, and uh, I was sitting yesterday afternoon with my oldest son, Josiah, and uh, just such a great day, father, son, now grandson, uh, to add to granddaughter, and uh, just, just a great moment. And I was actually thinking back, I remember when our firstborn child, Josiah, uh, was just a little baby, and I remember going into hospital holding him in my arms, a little redhead boy like his dad, used to be red hair, and... Um, I remember holding him and thinking how much I loved him. And it's like, take my, take my car, take my house, take my job, but don't take my little boy. Like, he meant everything, still does to me. And I was thinking about why I loved him. I thought, he hasn't scored an A on a test yet. He hasn't made any money yet. In fact, it costs us a lot of money just to get him here. <laughs> you know, he hasn't kicked a goal in a sports game. And as I was holding my little baby, Josiah, I was thinking, I love him more than anything, and yet he's done nothing whatsoever. And I think for the first time, I started to feel what God as father or parent feels for you and I. His love for you is not based on how well you've done this week. He loves you just because he's your child. So Jesus demonstrates this amazing relating skill of accepting people. I want to encourage you today. I don't know who's in your world, who you may be married to, who you may be living with. Just the power of acceptance is incredibly powerful. Number two, the second skill we learn from Jesus in relating in our world, not only accepting people, but number two, listening, listening to people. Uh, you know, Jesus had a lot to say, but have you ever noticed how often Jesus is asking questions? Blind man comes up to him. He says, what, what, what would you like me to do for you? Duh. Jesus never assumed. To his disciples, who, 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 do you, who do you say that I am? Jesus knew so much, but he regularly asked questions to draw people out. And, and so one of the great ways to build relationships is to be a good listener. When you listen to someone, you communicate love and value. When you listen to someone, you learn about them and you begin to understand where they're coming from. Uh, Jesus' brother James later wrote this, my dear brothers and sisters, coming up on the screen, take note of this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. I heard someone say we've been given two ears and one mouth, so we should listen twice as much as we speak. Imagine if we had two mouths and one ear. Sing a duet with yourself, but it'd be pretty chaotic. No, two ears and one mouth. James says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. And so being a good listener, I don't think we're naturally born as good listeners. In fact, we all develop many bad habits. Uh, I know because I've mastered all of these. Uh, but some of the bad habits we develop, firstly, is just simply inattentiveness. Sometimes someone's talking and we're preoccupied with our own thoughts or we're looking over there or we're thinking about what we're going to say next. Uh, I'm a little bit of an ADD person. I describe my brain as, you know those TV channels where you have the little ticker tape at the bottom with the news going across like that? Have you ever seen one of those? I've got ticker tape on all four sides. And so when someone's talking, for me, it's a real effort just to stay with them because I've got so many other things happening in my brain. And so just inattentiveness hinders us from listening. Uh, interrupting, finishing people's sentences for them. Quit talking while I'm trying to interrupt. You know, or while they're talking, we're thinking about what we're going to say rather than listening to what they're saying. Another bad habit is advice giving. Someone's talking about what they're going through and we put our Mr. Fix-It cap on or Mrs. Fix-It cap on and go, well, what I would do, 
just a little tip. Most people don't want advice. They just want to be heard. They just want to be understood. And so these are some of the bad habits we often develop that hinder us from really listening. Some good habits to develop is simply to focus. When someone's talking, to look at them in the eye, to give them your full concentration. You know, when you give someone attention, you are showing their value and their worth. It's, it's a wonderful gift, so simple, but to focus on what they're saying, give them your full attention and then ask some questions. Tell me a little bit more about that. And then, then what happened? How did that feel for you? It's really, really simple, but this is one of the greatest gifts to enhance your relationships is simply to choose to listen to those in your world. Number three, we doing okay this morning? Thank you. Number three is to be empathetic. So, so accept people, listen to people, be empathetic. Empathy, empathos, means to feel with someone else. It's an amazing story in John 4. You might have heard of Jesus at a well. He's tired. There's a woman there and he asks for a drink of water. They start to have a conversation about water, about the well, about history, worship, theological issues. And, and the truth is this woman... She's been married four times. She's been divorced four times. She's living with someone she's not married to right now. Here's a woman who has a, a trail of broken relationships and she still hasn't found what she's looking for. It's amazing Jesus doesn't give her a lecture on divorce and remarriage. Jesus deeply listens and deeply understands to the point where this woman's life is transformed and she runs back to the city and says, come meet a man who told me everything I've ever done. You know, one of the, the worst pains in life is to be misunderstood. And one of the great gifts we give to other people is to take time not just to listen to them at a surface level, but to deeply understand where they're coming from. Uh, my, my, my dear dad, uh, he, he was uh, an orphan. He grew up without a mum or a dad. Grew up in foster homes and boys' homes and quite a traumatic childhood. Uh, he later married and had my sister and I. And as a kid growing up, we had a loving family. My dad would often miss my birthdays or my basketball finals. You know, he'd be at a meeting or happened to be interstate preaching at a conference. He often missed many of the important moments in my life. And, uh, you know, it's something I worked through, but, but there was some disappointment, some pain there. So it's like my birthday's coming. Oh, sorry, son, I'll be away. Anyway, fast forward. Um, I'm now in my 40s, got some of my own kids. I was having lunch with my dad one day. And just during lunch, uh, we were having a conversation. I, I said, Dad, t tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up with, with no mum or dad. Like, what was that like? And he started talking and chatting. And somewhere in the conversation, he just had a throwaway line. And he said this, you know, Mark, I, I don't think I ever had a birthday party until I married your mother. And he kept talking. I, I said, what? What, what, what? what did you say? He said, I, I don't think I ever had a birthday party until I married your mother. You know, everything changed for me. It's not as if it excused the fact that he'd missed some of my moments, but here's a man that his entire childhood, no one was there for his birthdays. No one was there for his special moments. He had no memory of anyone actually giving attention during those times. And so it didn't change what had happened, but I suddenly had a new level of empathy. Can I just say this? Everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. There may be some really annoying people in your world right now. And, and you know, sometimes hurt people hurt people. 
and we're getting hurt, but you know what? They've probably been hurt too. One of the gifts you can give people is not just to listen to them, but to dig a little deeper and help me understand. That's a really good way to start a conversation. Help me understand. Empathy is a wonderful way to enrich your relationships. Just watching that clock. Let's move on. Let's look at another one. Be authentic. Authenticity. Uh, Jesus had this ability to be real, to let his guard down, to let people see his joy and also his sadness. John eleven thirty five, 35, the first Bible verse I memorized, Jesus wept. It's a real long one. Jesus wept. He let people see his emotions. There's an amazing story in Matthew 26. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane and he's with the 12. And look what it says here. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Would you stay here and keep watch with me? This is an amazing scripture, you know? You think what it'd say was Jesus said, hey guys, it's gonna get a little tough, but don't worry, I'll, I'll be back in three days, gonna kick the devil's butt, it's all good. <laughs> but, but what does Jesus do? It says Jesus said to his disciples, I'm feeling overwhelmed. This is an amazing disclosure. Now, again, he's not talking to the crowd. <laughs> he's not talking to the 70. He's not even talking to the 12. He's talking to his three best friends, but he's saying, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Would, would you pray with me? You know, authenticity is so attractive. It's, it's so real. And uh, sometimes we can uh, look like we've always got it together. We've got, we got a picture on our wall at home of our three kids uh, in their you know, late, late primary, early high school years. And it's a beautiful photo. <laughs> Such a happy family, like it's amazing. That was a horrible day. I remember being at the gardens and we were paying this expensive photographer and I was in high power management mode yelling, smile, smile. You know, we're trying to get this photo. Anyway, all I'm saying is you should have seen the before and after pictures. But see, often, you know, we put up an Instagram and it's like, oh, what a happy family. Yeah, yeah, well, you caught that moment, but you should have been there before and afterwards. Just a thought. We all have, have the before and after moments. Yeah. But in relationships, sometimes your authenticity is a gift to the relationship. Uh, years ago, I was having lunch with a pastor, a very good friend of mine, and we sat down and went, hey, how's it going? He goes, awesome. Started telling me all the things happening in his life and church and uh, life was good. And then he said to me, how are you doing? And I thought, will I do the awesome thing or will I be honest? And I chose the latter and I said, actually, it's been a little tough lately. Got a few things happening here. And I just opened up just, just a little. You know, the whole conversation changed. In fact, when I was done, he said, you know what? I'm not doing too well either. The level of openness in a relationship determines the level of intimacy in a relationship. Yeah, we have, we have to be discerning. And sometimes this can be awkward and you need to make sure there's a safe and trusting environment. And here's a little tip when you are open. How many know some people don't know how to handle our authenticity? Didn't Jesus' disciples do a great job supporting him? They fell asleep. I mean, if you're gonna fall asleep in a prayer meeting, don't do it in Jesus' prayer meeting. You know, he's just opened his heart to them and they're... Sometimes people don't know quite, but, but nevertheless, Jesus is modeling something. You want your relationships to go stronger and deeper? Well, take the mask down, be real. Uh, be willing to say, how are you going really? And sometimes your need is a gift to someone else rather than, yeah, doing fine, doing fine. 
Authenticity is another important relating skill. Number five, let's do a couple more. Number five is to forgive. Uh, Jesus modeled this on the cross. He's saying, Father, forgive them. They hadn't even apologized, but he was choosing a forgiving stance. The truth is anger and conflict will happen. You know, people are going to annoy you, even in this amazing church. Uh, How many know there's always a, a Mr. or a Miss Sandpaper in every church? They kind of rub you the wrong way. They annoy you. Just look straight ahead if you're sitting by them right now. And just a little tip, you can leave this church and guess what? They have cousins everywhere. They do. And so sometimes instead of getting away from that annoying person, the question is, God, what are you wanting to do in me through them? Have you discovered that qualities are developed in situations opposite to the quality? I'm very patient when I'm not waiting for anybody. I'm very forgiving when no one's offended me. You with me? You know, sometimes that annoyance, that conflict is a chance to grow. What what did Jesus say? Matthew 18, 15. If your brother or sister sins, offends you, annoys you, go. Everyone say go. Go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. And then he goes on and says, get someone else involved if necessary. The Greek word for that word go in the original language, the original meaning of the word go there is actually go. (laughs) It's not pray. It's not pass it on. It's go. I, I reckon it's the most disobeyed command of Jesus. Even in the church, we're really good at talking about people. We're not as good talking to people. And you know what? If someone annoys you, offends you, if you could just sort it out with them, wow, we could save a lot of gossip and rumors and discord that happens. Just going. You know, it's anger that gets us in trouble, but it's pride that keeps us there. And so it takes humility to go and sort that out. And you know, in many situations, how many are most conflicts, the other person's 90% wrong and you're 10% wrong? That's that's a pretty typical ratio, isn't it? And when that happens, we focus on their 90%. But but if we just look at our 10% and take responsibility for that, it's amazing what a difference that makes. I was actually just thinking this morning during the, the, the lovely worship time, back when I was a young pastor, we trade this ministry team uh, for, for praying for people at the end of the surface, service. And I was leading the meeting. God was there, Holy Spirit. And I said, would our, would our ministry team come forward today? And if you've got a prayer, if you've got a need today, and so people were coming forward. There was this guy in the church, a little bit of a maverick, you know, kind of did his own thing. I didn't come to the ministry team training, wasn't on the team. And he came down and joined the team and started praying for people. And in this lovely atmosphere, I'm really annoyed because he shouldn't be down there. And so while we're worshiping, praising, I'm down there and saying, you shouldn't be here. You're not on the, you know, I I, I confronted him, you know, and uh, sent him back to his seat and back. Anyway, got home, told Nicole what happened. I was right. (laughs) Like he wasn't on the team. He shouldn't have been there. I, I was right. But you know, after lunch, I was thinking, you know what? I was wrong too. And I got on the phone and I said, hey, it's, it, it's Mark here. I, I just want to apologize for this morning. I, I shouldn't have confronted you in public like that. I, I overreacted and, and I'm really sorry. Would you forgive me? You could just feel the peace kind of come into the phone. And he said, yeah, look, I'm, I'm sorry too. And, and we sorted that out. 
just take care of your 10%. Be willing to say those magic words, I'm sorry. Let's practice together today. With a little bit more. I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? How about this one? I was wrong. You were, you were. Simple words, but just learning to forgive. And, and you know, sometimes we, we try and, and, and we get stuck. And Jesus actually goes on and says, get someone else if, if, if you get a little stuck. Uh, you know, if you're stuck in some marriage conflict or some family conflict, teenager, or, or something at work, don't stay stuck. Um, Years ago, we lived in Upper Beaconsfield. I love this area out here. And uh, Nicole and I had a day off, and we were out by Cardinia Reservoir, going along the gravel road there, and been up to a restaurant. And we're coming back, and we saw a bunch of emus on the side. And you often see kangaroos, but not often emus. So we said, "Hey, let's stop. Let's get, let's get a photograph." So stopped in the gravel road, and I reversed back a little bit to the left. I didn't realize there was a huge ditch to the left. So I got there and just started to slide down and stopped. I said, "Whoa!" whoa. So Nicole got out and directed me. Said, "Go." forward a little bit. I went down further. Go back a bit. I went down further. We were stuck out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, who do you call? Not Ghostbusters. <laughs> who do you call? RACV. Got on the phone, called the RACV. Anyway, about a half an hour went by. We had a little intense fellowship about my driving skills. <laughs> Eventually, Four-wheel drive came around, guy with a couple of teeth missing. We said, oh, we're just waiting for the RACV. He says, I am the RACV. <laughs> like this is, anyway, he, he got us out of there. And what's my point? It was pretty embarrassing to get on the phone and say, I need help. I'm stuck. But you know what? If I hadn't have done that, we'd still be there. <laughs> it, it's okay if you get stuck. Just to call the pastor, call the counselor, go and speak. Hey, hey, look, we're a little stuck here. Don't stay stuck. Forgiveness. Couple more. Uh, number six is to confront lovingly. We all have blind spots, things we don't see. Jesus regularly called his disciples to account. Hey, let those children come here. Hey, let, let that blind man come here. Jesus confronted in love the disciples, the religious leaders, the crowds at times. And so we need to learn to develop this skill of confronting lovingly. Paul picks this up, Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love, we will all grow uh, into Christ. Some people are good at speaking the truth, but not very loving. Some people are very loving, but they never speak the truth. We've got to learn to speak the truth in a loving manner because we all need feedback. We all need to hear from others. Uh, when I was a, a young leader, when I was a young leader, uh, I was uh, the youth pastor at our church and we had this uh, guest speaker from Africa named Elijah Maswanganji. And uh, he came and spoke over the weekend. It was a great time. And on Monday, I was given the job to drive him to the airport. So we uh, took that long trip out towards Tullamarine. And on the way, he, he started encouraging me. He says, Mark, you're a, you're a great young leader. You've got great potential. And I see this in you, in you and this. And, and then he goes, there's a couple of things you need to work on. First of all, you need to smile more. You're very tall, which is very intimidating, and a smile draws people to you. Then he shared a few other things we don't have time to talk about today. <laughs> anyway, I dropped him at the airport pretty quickly, and I started the long drive home, and you know what? I was annoyed. Smile, she, I'm, I'm smiling on the inside. 
Like, I, was really, I was annoyed for a couple of days, but then I realized he was right. So I started smiling, drive down the road, <laughs> get into a lift. Just, I just started smiling all the time. In fact, a few years later, I was in Adelaide at Danny Guglamucci's church and a woman came up and said, you're the smiling preacher. I thought, Elijah, where are you now? <laughs> What's my point? I'm thankful for someone who had the courage and yet the consideration to confront, to speak into my life, to be a mirror to me, to help me be a better person. And so I encourage you, it's a delicate part of our relationships, but learning to speak the truth in a loving manner so that we can all grow together. Final lesson from Jesus today, and there's many more. Uh, number seven is to encourage. Jesus was a great encourager. He got that from his father. Remember, Jesus came out of the baptismal waters and the father burst out of heaven and said, that's my boy. But don't you just love that? God is an encouraging God. When you're down, he doesn't kick you. He encourages us with his words. And so Jesus is an amazing encourager. In fact, if, if you've got the, the Bible with words in red, if you go to the book of Acts, you know, Jesus shows up in the book of Acts. There's some words in red there. Three times he shows up. And you guess what? Each time he shows up to Paul to encourage him. I've got many people in this city. I'm with you. Keep on going. Jesus is a great encourager. And so in our relationships, don't just speak to someone when they've done something wrong. How many know if you go to work tomorrow and your boss only talks to you when you've done something wrong? They call those seagull managers. You don't see them, then they flap in, dump on you and flap out. <laughs> Not really pleasant, is it? You know, if you're a parent, don't just speak to your kids when they've done something wrong. Catch them doing something right encourage them. You know, uh, when I was young, uh, my dad played the piano, my mum played the piano, my sister played the piano. I didn't want to play the piano, so they didn't force me to play the piano. And so around the age of 13, uh, this new music director in our church, his name was Mike, and I said, I want to be like Mike. And so I started doing lessons. In a couple of years, I was playing in youth group. They encouraged me based on my passions and gifts. See, not every kid is musical. Not every kid is athletic. Not every kid is academic. This is free advice for you today. This will help you. And so just accept your kids the way they are. Encourage them in their giftings and their passion. Now, again, if, if your teenager says, Dad, look, I'm not taking the rubbish out. It's just not my passion. <laughs> I don't have a gifting in this area. No, I'm not talking about that. But, but find out how they're wired and how they're shaped and encourage them, cheer them on on what they're passionate, what they're gifted to do. So, so very important. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Let's think about how we can encourage one another. I'm often at a funeral and I listen to all the tributes and they're amazing. I think, I wonder if that person knew that when they were alive. You know, don't just think good things about people. Let them know how you feel. When I was uh, in my late teens, I had a, another leader in the church take me out to lunch and say, hey, Mark, you just want to say you're a really good young man and God's hand's clearly on your life and we can see some leadership gifts in you. He, he just encouraged me. I remember leaving that lunch feeling about a foot taller than I already was. Don't just think good things about people. Express, encourage people, lift them up. As we wrap this up together today, I, I wonder what God was speaking to you about. My goal is not to give you seven more things to do. You're busy, busy people. I wonder which skill you were prompted or nudged about today. 
just this week to, to focus on. Is it accepting people? Is it just changing the value? Maybe there's a minus four in your life. Maybe you just need to go, you know, in God's eyes, they're, they're a 10. I'm going to start treating them that way. Is it accepting? Is, is it listening? Is it empathy? Is it just going, hey, hey help, help me understand? Is it forgiveness? Is it encouragement? What one skill did God speak to you about? And then second question is, which relationship in your world needs the most attention now? You know, in many ways, relationships are like a bank account. We make deposits and we make withdrawals. <laughs> which relationship in your life right now is really low, maybe a little overdrawn? <laughs> Things are bouncing, if you know what I mean. Which relationship needs the most deposits, the most attention this week? And I wanna pray with you around that. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for not only coming, dying on that cross, rising again, but showing us how to live, showing us how to relate to a wide variety of people. And so today for that one skill you, you prompted us about, whether it's accepting, listening, being empathetic, being more authentic, forgiving, maybe there's a phone call some need to make today confronting lovingly or encouraging, whatever that skill was today, help us to imitate and be like you today. And secondly, for that one relationship that's a little strained right now, that's had a lot of withdrawals, where there's a bit of attention, help us to be a thermostat that changes the atmosphere of that relationship just through being a bit more loving, a bit more kind this week. And Lord, as we go out uh, on mission today, wherever we are, life is about loving you and loving people. Uh, help us to realize everyone comes as is, but as we go out today, may the love of Jesus flow through us to everyone in our world, from our families, to our neighborhoods, our small groups, our workplaces, and our schools. And as we do that, we know that God's kingdom will come. We'll be sure to give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. 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 Give Jesus a big clap today. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.